Hi, this is Rose and Masood Ramandi from Perfected by Blood Ministries. Thank you for downloading our podcast. We believe this teaching will empower you to grow into the fullness of Christ and inspires you to walk with Him. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. We believe in you and we know that He will appear in your life soon. Enjoy the message. Hello everybody, welcome back to Perfected by Blood, a channel that we go deep into the scriptures to understand the truth of our identity. If you are new here, please uh, hit the subscribe button and you will be notified for every new update that we have. Today specifically, I want to talk about having the faith of God. Uh, There is a famous scripture about faith, which is Mark 11, which uh, is all about whatever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. That's very famous. But the very uh, thing that um, starts that portion of the scripture is what Jesus uh, actually uh, says, which is have faith in God. That's how it's being translated. Uh, The word in is not there in the Greek. Uh, If you look at uh, basically the Greek for this verse, you will easily find out that actually what Jesus was saying was have the faith of God. Uh, There has been teachings about faith uh, to be in God, putting faith in God, trusting in God. That was good, but for the Old Testament, for the Old Covenant. The New Testament mindset is absolutely different and it's to take on the faith of God. And to have the faith of God, that means first you have to hear the faith of God. You can have the faith of God when you hear it. This is uh, both in Romans chapter 10 and in Galatians um, 3, where we read about the hearing of faith. Faith is something that you hear. Now, uh, before going deep into this, I want to show you something very amazing, which uh, takes you all over uh, the Bible from Genesis to the Revelation. When Jesus said this, something happened that he said this. Uh, there was a there was an uh, basically moment where the disciples witnessed what Jesus spoke and what he did. What did he speak? He spoke to a tree called the fig tree. And when he did that, uh, what happened was the fig tree immediately withered. Now, when we read what happened uh, after that was that when the disciples saw that they came to Jesus and they said, look, master, uh, the fig tree that you withered, Uh, you you cursed is withered. Now that's when Jesus begins to teach and unveil an amazing truth which uh, understanding this is uh, basically everything. This is uh, where cuts us off from that curse uh, of the garden, what happened in the garden. But let's see what uh, it means. Verse uh, 20 of Mark uh, 11 says, Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Uh, And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to him, Have the faith of God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt, in his heart but believes that those things which he says will be done he will have whatever he says therefore i say to you whatever things uh, you ask when you pray believe that you have received them and you will have them so what was the story that jesus used to teach the truth the story of the fig tree That's how always Jesus did. He basically used them a story. He showed them uh, the principle and then he told them the truth. So basically he was using the story of the fig tree to say why uh, basically your prayers are not answered. Remember in John chapter 6, 15, when Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches, my father is the gardener. And he said, by this, my father is glorified that uh, you bear much fruit. Then he explained what uh, bearing much fruit means. He said that whatever you ask, you shall receive. Whatever that comes out of this tree of you being grafted in the one tree, whatever comes out of the tree of union, Uh, basically whatever you desire of this will be done for you which means as a branch 
grafted in the one tree having the same identity uh, what you bear a fruit of is what is already in the tree the Christ uh, the the anointed of God the, the son of God your union with him uh, in your consciousness allows uh, basically the you as the branch of that tree to have a fruit and he said that is that whatever you ask you shall receive whatever belongs to your original identity is yours whatever comes from the source of your birth is yours whoever your parent was that's the type of inheritance you get who is your father the god of the universe what does he have the universe and all that is uh, in it the earth and all that is in it uh, psalm chapter 24. so what jesus was saying he basically was showing that the reason uh, you have become uh, fruitful um, fruitless sorry is because you are following the principle of the fig tree and not now the other one the tree of life now why did i immediately in contrast said tree of life because the fig tree uh, the first time that the fig is mentioned in the bible is actually in the garden and it's in the context of the tree of knowledge of good and evil so now what does that mean before going there that means as long as you eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil uh, you're not eating from the tree of life and as long as you're not eating from the tree of life guess what you're eating from death now if you eat death what kind of a seed will be planted in you death what is what is that going to produce death this is like now the language that we see in uh, Romans chapter 7 he said when we were in bondage in sin in unbelief toward who we are the fruit uh, that we were bearing was death but now having died to that system of the law of performance that if you do you become something when we when I die to that I will realize I'm being married united to the one that is being raised from the dead I'm absolutely one with him in all things he's my husband he's my head I'm the bride I'm the body the head and body are joined together and they operate as one unit and not two and because of that I shall bear fruit to life if you're not familiar with the scripture I can quickly uh, read this for you Romans chapter 7 verse uh, 4 Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. Remember, you bearing fruit is the result of your marriage to the resurrected man. When you realize that you are the bride of Christ spotless blameless holy without reproach unchargeable that's when you bear fruit not when you realize oh I'm oh my goodness I don't bear fruit why do I do what do I do uh, what, what else I must do what is wrong with me nothing you have forgotten that you're uh, you still see yourself a widow and you don't see yourself married maybe you understand the context of uh, you're not under the old covenant but you don't fully grasp the concept of your marriage under a new covenant of marriage with Christ which makes you have the same exact thing that he himself has a bride is a partaker of everything that the husband ha has now uh, look at verse 6 but now having been delivered from the law the old basically law of uh, husband and wife having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter okay this is what he says when you understand what the spirit says uh, you, you recognize your oneness with Christ but when you read the letter of the still the word of God but the letter of that which means you don't understand it which means that puts you uh, in still in, in an Old Testament mindset which was performance based then that kills you now uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil uh, if you look at the word uh, evil the word evil is should have been translated uh, wicked or wickedness now what is the difference between um, 
Now, I'm all over, but I, will, I promise I will bring all of that into one place. I want you to have the greatest context, the, the greater context of the whole thing that we are reading. So you see, what Jesus was saying is no different than what Paul is preaching, is no different than, the, no different than what was happening in the garden, and it's no different than the rest of the epistles. And even the book of Revelation, I'm going to show you in chapter 16 of the book of Revelation, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, I'm going to show you the serpent and I'm going to show you that false image that the serpent presented and I'm going to show you one of the four rivers in the garden, the river Euphrates, uh, must be dried up. That's exactly what's happening. So before that, I'm speaking um, very fast because there are so many things that I want to say and I understand sometimes that this may, may feel like there is so much i can't handle it but just listen follow the pattern you have always uh, you always have time to come back and listen again pause stop go look at the scriptures make sense of that for yourself ask the spirit to help you and then uh, go from there so this is what i was trying to say the tree of the knowledge of good and evil uh, is the tree of the knowledge of good and wickedness or wicked now uh, we have heard the word wicked in the sense of this is like evil. When we say something is wicked, this is really bad. This is evil. This is something uh, detestable. But the word wicked has nothing to do with that. The word wicked, if you look at the meaning of the word, it literally means annoyance, labor, uh, efforts, which comes from performance. Okay, so the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is the tree of the knowledge of good and labor. Now it makes sense why God said, because you have eaten from the tree, now you will be in labor. Now you will work so you can have life. That was a symbolic of what was happening through a mindset that was clearly portrayed by the law. What was the system of the old covenant? There is something you must do, you must perform, you must labor, and your blessing comes as a result of you perfectly performing that thing. So they had all these laws, they were following the letter of the law, basically to the letter, um, and, but the more they were doing this, the more they were aware of how uh, basically um, that, that false image that they had taken upon themselves, which was they're separated from God, they have to do something to be joined with Him. That's why they always try to bring the sacrifice so they could be accepted by God. In the law, they, could, they would uh, sacrifice animals to do these things. And they were all showing that unless you do something, you won't be something. Unless you first do and prove that you deserve something, you won't get uh, what you think you should have. Now, this is the story of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, Jesus said, uh, for you to, uh, first of all, he said, you must have whatever you desire because you're part of a different tree, but you have been blinded to that truth and you have basically operated as a tree separated from the tree of the tree of life and that tree is the tree of basically the fig tree and he said that tree i must i must cause the root of that tree to be uh completely uh dried up it, it must com completely wither uh wither away i must curse that tree okay now let's go back to let's go to the book of genesis chapter one so we can understand why Jesus is referring to the fig tree. Look at uh, chapter 3 of Genesis and verse uh, 7. Uh, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Remember? The knowledge, the knowledge, now they knew. One of the things that the one of the effects of eating from the knowledge of good and evil is to show your, you, your nakedness. Okay, If you ever feel naked, it's because you are still eating from this tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You, never, you would never know it 
unless somebody would tell you that you are naked. Okay, now that's a knowledge that comes to you. Now look at what he says after that. And they sewed, uh, sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Okay, because they are now naked, they know they are naked. Now they are in labor to cover that nakedness because they know being covered is good. Okay, being naked is bad. Being covered is good. So now you perform to cover it. That's the labor that came to them. What kind of leaves they, did they use? Fig. But they, what happened before that? They ate from a certain tree. So if they sowed fig leaves and they had eaten of a certain tree, what tree that should have been? Definitely fig tree. Now I understand this is symbolic, not you shouldn't take this literally. This is speaking a language that is being um, used all over the scripture to show us the, the, the depth of the realm of the spirit so we can understand. Now Jesus said, I must cut for me to be able to remove the false covering that you have around yourself, the identity that you have taken upon yourself, I must cause the tree that bears those uh, figs, those uh, leaves to wither. And um, that means I must cause the root to be completely dry, it, that to be completely dried up from the root. So you neither uh, eat from the fruit, nor cover yourself with the fig uh, with the fig leaves so both the fruit and the leaves must be gone so he said when that happens when that false identity false knowledge is taken away then whatever you ask you shall receive why because now your graft you see yourself as part of the other tree what was the other tree the tree of life what does the tree of life do it gives life what does that mean? No presence of death in any area of your being. Okay? Everything that we are experiencing on planet Earth, everything is the result of figs, is the result of the knowledge of good and wickedness, the knowledge of good and labor. Everything that we experience, if there is any... Uh, if there is any sickness, if there is any poverty, if there is any a problem with marriages, if there is any problem between um, parents and children, if there is any problem in the sense of social justice, if there is any problem in, in the basically area of um, friendship, they all come back to the one problem and that is the knowledge of good and evil. That is for us to not see all of us being grafted into one tree. Now, this is amazing because this will take you to a different direction that would actually um, add to what I'm saying in um, the book of Ephesians chapter 4. But before getting there, I want you to understand, Jesus didn't say have the faith of God for no reason. He said have the faith of God because before that, uh, okay, let me, let me say first what having the faith of God means. Having the faith of God means uh, God believes something about you. So you must, or so you could believe the same thing. Let me say it again. He was trying to say believe what God believes. He wasn't saying just put your faith in God. Uh, that's again, that's not the New Testament language. That's not the language of sonship. That's not um, basically the language that is waiting to get something. God was, uh, or Jesus was showing people, look at me and let me and the way I live minister to you so you can see what a son of God believes in respect to his relationship with his father. So you who have been eating from the knowledge of good and evil for generations after generations, for thousands of years, finally you have an example and you understand what living by the tree of life means. What you have done is wrong and that has been bearing 
uh, death for you. You think you have to keep the law. While I'm saying your problem is that you're trying to keep the law. Remember, the law could never give life. Galatians chapter 3, Jesus said you read the scriptures because you think in them you have life and you try to keep them. So after you have done all the commandments, you have life. But the very scriptures talk about me. So the scriptures are unveiling what the life of a son of God looks like in the context of from the beginning, Genesis, the two trees, and later on two covenants, um, basically uh, the, sorry, uh, two sons, Isaac and uh, Ishmael, later on two covenants, Moses and Jesus. They all portray what is the thing that you should never associate with, which is the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the law of Moses, uh, slavery, bondage. What is the thing that you should be uh, associating with? The tree of life, uh, sonship, Jesus, the grace of God, the truth about your true identity. So when you actually are cut off from that way of thinking, you are being, uh, you, you begin to experience this. Now, um, when, when Jesus was saying, have the faith of God, uh, he, he, he just left it there. He didn't add something more than that. But uh, there is another place in the Gospels that Jesus said something that um, makes more sense of this. First of all, what does Mark 11 say? Whatever you ask, you shall receive. Luke chapter 10, he sent the disciples out and uh, he gave them authority so they could cast out demons, so they could heal uh, sicknesses. Uh, and they went, they did it, they came back rejoicing. And Jesus said, do not rejoice that the spirits are submitted to you, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Not that it will be written in heaven, your name is already written in heaven. Jesus is not yet crucified. Jesus is not raised from the dead. They are just like anybody else living. They have no clue of what we are talking about. They have no clue of uh, basically the Holy Spirit. They didn't even know there is such a thing as Holy Spirit. No, no idea. Why did Jesus say, because your name is written in heaven? Because that's the truth. Your name would never be written again in heaven your name has been written from the beginning in heaven remember god said making man in our own image and them having a likeness uh, them having dominion what did what was jesus trying to restore in their consciousness is that everything is submitted to you but you have submitted yourself to those things when when you ate from the knowledge of good and evil the false knowledge causes you to enter into slavery and be obedient and submitted rather than be the one that commands and the commands are obeyed jesus said now you see the result but let me take you back to back to the root of why this is happening the reason this is happening is because you are from the beginning in god's eyes his own image and likeness in his thoughts in his reality in his world the way he sees things is that you were never separated from him but you in your wicked mind again laboring mind ephesians chapter 4 in your wicked mind you separated yourself from the life of god he didn't separate himself from you you did it why because there was a certain knowledge the wicked knowledge came the laboring knowledge came that said hey you don't have that image uh, that would cause you to be like God. L you have to do something. Okay, my goodness, what should I do? I don't have, I don't know it. Let me give you the knowledge. If you do this, this will happen. That began the story of laboring. That began uh, the story of man going under rather than being above. What did Jesus, what is the story of Jesus? What is uh, okay, you know what? Let me before that show you what uh, Revelation says uh, in chapter 16. So you can see the context. Um, and 
understand this a bit deeper. Chapter 16, verse 12 of Revelation. Then the sixth angel poured out uh, his bowl on the great river Euphrates. Euphrates. Where, the, where is the first place that the word is used? Genesis. And its waters was dried up. You see, the waters were dried up. Why? Because the fig tree was watered by Euphrates. Now, if you want a tree to wither, what would you do? You would cause the river to dry up. Once again, if you want the fig tree or any tree to dry up, you need to cause the waters to stop. Now, here it says, when the sixth angel, the sixth messenger, the one that had a news, the one who had a message, the one who showed uh, people uh, that message of, uh, that specific message, that caused the river Euphrates to dry up. That means there is a certain message from God that would cause the river Euphrates that has been causing the fig tree to still blossom to wither away. Okay, now that's one. So we saw uh, Euphrates and then after that says, so that the way of the kings from the east might be prepared. I don't have time to explain everything. I just want to show you uh, what I told you previously. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs coming out of the mass of, ready? Dragon, out of the mass of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Okay, there are three things mentioned. The beast, the false prophet, the dragon. Who is the dragon? The dragon is in chapter 12, is that old serpent. Okay, so we can say the serpent. Therefore, one of these three is the, is the serpent. The other one is the beast. Who is the beast? Look at chapter 13. It's uh, the one whose image is being taken by, by all mankind already. Okay, it's the false image that every mankind has taken upon themselves. What is that image? That is that um, lie that became an image, which was, if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall become this thing. You shall become this thing. Now, what was that thing? The false image. But they didn't know. They didn't know that's the false image. So there was a beast. And in fact, uh, okay, I don't want to go so deep in this. Now, so what do we have? We have uh, the dragon and the beast here in Revelation. The dragon was serpent and the beast was that image, that serpent portrayed. Now, who is the false prophet? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why do I say this? If you go to chapter 13, after uh, basically the uh, this first beast that comes out of the sea there is another beast that comes out of the earth and it says it was like a lamb and spoke like a lamb okay it had two horns good evil good and evil and he says that was the one that was causing people to take that image upon themselves what was the thing in the old test in uh, genesis that caused people to take that false likeness was the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So what is God doing in chapter 16 of the book of Revelation? He's taking what was wrong in uh, the garden and destroying that. The serpent, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the false image. And in order to do this, the river must be dried up first. Okay, the river must be dried up first. So the book of Revelation shows us that what is happening is an internal experience of every human being who has been seeing themselves um, lower than what God sees, which means they have believed lesser than what God believes, which means they haven't had the faith of God. They haven't seen how God believes about them. And that's why they have been eating from that tree and they have been fruiting uh, the same, they have bearing the same fruit. Jesus said, I must cause this to completely dried up. What was, he, what was he doing? He was doing what exactly Revelation chapter 16 
uh, is doing so what so we can become what is in chapter 22 listen what it says chapter 22 and he showed me a pure river okay remember river euphrates is dried up now another river the river of water of life crystal as uh, clear as crystal it's not muddy it's a word that is pure without any addition without any dust of adam in it without any knowledge uh, of basically you being an earthly man uh, proceeding coming forth where does where does the water come from from the throne of god and of the lamb okay the waters come from the throne so what in the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life okay so chapter 16 chapter 22 the bad tree the good tree what or the tree of life which bore 12 fruits each tree yielding its fruit every month okay that's the fruit the second one the leaves of the tree for the healing of the nations basically the leaves of this tree would be the real covering for the nations okay what you know gives you a certain identity the fruit the leaves once again the fruit and the leaves and the leaves are the knowledge and the identity the certain knowledge that gives you a certain identity in every um, in every age in every country in every tribe in every nation your garment your dress what you wear shows who you are represents who you are so what covers you shows you who you are they had the false covering and here we have finally the true covering the tree of life and the lead that our covering comes from the tree of life okay so the, all this i said to show you jesus said have the faith of god to say believe one god believes yet not out of works when you see what god believes you would believe the same thing or if you continue to hear what god constantly says to you you would continue you would eventually believe in it if you see somebody loving you genuinely and sincerely and without any strings attached uh, years after years days after days uh, in 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 the bad and in the good in evil and in good situation in um, death and in life he's always with you if you see that kind of love toward yourself from a certain person you would eventually open yourself you would never be able to resist pure love forever so god says your problem or jesus is saying your problem humanity is that you don't have the faith of god now let me show you in the language of the great apostle paul what does that actually mean let's go to ephesians chapter uh, 4. ephesians chapter 4 uh, look at verse uh, 14. sorry chapter 3 verse 14. Uh, you know what actually let me take you to chapter 4 and then i come back to chapter 3. chapter 4 uh, verse uh, one i therefore the prisoner of the lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called okay remember there is a calling you are called you are called you are called you're called something let's see what that is with low um, lowliness and gentleness with long suffering bearing with one another in love endeavoring to keep the unity in the spirit that's one unity in the bond again language is unity oneness bond of peace there is one we see it body and one spirit just as you were called okay you were all called in the hope in one hope of your calling do you see this language of one constantly you all you all verse 5 one lord one faith one lord one faith 
one baptism, one God, and Father of, ready? Not Christians, not believers, the Father of all. Remember Jesus told them, your name is written. It's not going to be written. Not when you begin to believe, uh, quote unquote, um, in that I must believe in Jesus. Not um, the day that you pray a prayer. Not the day that you're afraid of being punished so you come and believe. No. When you see love and you begin in love with, him, with me. When that happens, you begin to see before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Before a father fathered you on earth, I had fathered you from the beginning. I am the father of spirits. I am the father of spirits of all flesh. These are all scriptures in the Old Testament. James chapter 1. He is the father of lights. He is he, the one who begot us uh, from uh, the, the first place. I talked about monogene mono, or basically uh, the only begotten or begotten only of the father in the last session. Uh, you can go and watch that. What does that mean that uh, the, the only begotten of the Father. It means begotten only of this Father. Remember Jesus said, call no one on earth your Father? Oh my goodness, before crucifixion and resurrection. For you all have one Father who is in heaven. You all. Who was, who was he talking to? Everybody that was listening. Who, who were there? They were tax collectors. They were harlots. They were Pharisees. They were religious. They were politicians. Uh, Herodians. Any type. It's just that you all have forgotten who you are. So I have come to be manifested as a mirror and show you who you are. Look at me. Do you see your reflection in me? That's what he did. Now here he says, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all, oh my goodness, and in you all. He is in you. Remember, the seed is not going to be planted. The seed is there. The rain comes so that the seed can be uh, basically come to fruition. So the seed could be manifested. The seed is not going to be planted ever. The seed was anything, everything that God created from the beginning had the seed in itself. You have the seed already in you. Every human, ha human being has the seed in themselves. When the waters... Uh, come when the rain begins to come uh, it has been written he shall come to us like a rain why because he would cause us to be to flourish he would cause us the true identity to come forth anyways i brought you here to show you what having the faith of god means here there is one faith how could how could be only one faith if that one faith was not what he believes. If it was up to us and our faith and what we believe, you and I might disagree in many things. Um, I might disagree with everybody else. They, must, they might disagree with me. But honestly, who cares about what I believe? Who cares about what you believe? We must care about what he believes. That's the one faith. That's having that faith. That's what he sees and I the unity of the faith is not you and me and other brothers and sisters and this denomination and that denomination and Catholicism and Orthodox people and Protestants and everybody to come and say, oh, now let's get together and let's believe the same thing. That's not unity. That's Babylon. That's we coming together in our, in our confusion and trying to be something and build ourselves again into something. Unity of the faith is forget about what I believe. Let me see what God believes. And when I be open myself to what He believes, I begin to realize, oh my goodness, there is really one faith. He believes something. He believes that He's the Father of all creation. Chapter 3 verse 14, what I wanted you to see. Uh, for this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named. Every family in heaven and on earth is named after the Father. You mean everybody is your child? 
you mean your name is on them and you have called them the word call literally means to put a name uh, on somebody when when would you call somebody when there is a name if you want to call me you say Masood and I if I'm talking to somebody else and I will turn and look at you and talk to you engage in conversation with you God says I have put the name on you and that is you are my son you've been having engagement with a false tree with a false prophet with the one who has been exposing your uh, nakedness and when I begin to call you do you come to you come back you and you turn and you look at me and you engage in a conversation and you remember the face of your beginning you remember the face that you had before you ate from that knowledge of good and evil that forced you to to take upon yourself a false image you shall become like god genesis uh, revelation chapter 3 the beast that everybody on earth took that image upon themselves but he says there are there are some who take it no longer what 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 does that mean they have been awakened to the consciousness of i am one with this father he called me and they become the saviors of the world because they go after other brethren remember jesus said just as um, i was sent i sent you how was he sent he was sent as the son of the father to call other brethren you are all my brethren hebrews chapter 2 and he says likewise now i'm not in the flesh so to talk to your mother and your brother and your father and everybody else no now you are in the flesh and i am in you and let's together call everyone call them by the name that is on them that they are sons not that literally go and say oh you are a son of god did you know that well that might help also but it means to see them as they see paul says in second corinthians chapter 5 the love of christ compels me to see everything in a new light which is if one remember we are talking about one one lord one baptism one faith one father of all one spirit one body it says the love of christ compels me i'm not anymore eating from the knowledge of good and evil to judge you that oh you're this and you're that you're part of this group and you're part of that uh, i'm not anymore go going after you to judge you and condemn you and kill you and persecute you and murder you I just God opened my eyes uh, when Ananias came and opened my eyes grace opened my eyes that's literally what the name of Ananias means when grace opened my eyes I realized oh my goodness there is only one family one father and we are all the children of the Most High and there has been enmity between us and the father that's why there has been now enmity between brothers remember Cain and Abel from the beginning and because that is the case now I realize if that kind of love compels me if when when I was uh, when I was a sinner he died for me when I didn't know who I am he died for me that means he died for everybody else so if one died all died if all died that means that for, I'm not going to see them the way they were before death, which means I, I'm not going to see them the way I was see them apart from their death and crucifixion in Christ. I'm not going to see that anymore. I'm going to see them according to the new creation. For if any, anyone is in Christ, everybody is in Christ everybody has their origin in Christ before you were lost in Adam you were saved in Christ he was crucified before the foundation of the world he was he was chosen to open the eyes that were made blind so he says now there is one faith there is one faith again there is one faith Jude chapter 1 says there was a faith that was delivered to the saints it was given to the saints that in fact it means it, 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 when it says it was given it means it already belonged to you but you didn't have it it's like an inheritance that you haven't yet received it he says the faith that once for all verse 3 of jude one chapter 
the faith that was delivered, the, the faith that was given to me, the faith that belonged to me, the persuasion that belonged to me, it was delivered to me. And then the rest of Jude is all about the people who actually turn away from that persuasion and they turn again to, it says, from the grace of God into lewdness, into law of performance, into trying to live by the knowledge of good and labor. labor. And it says, they don't understand. Anyways, now here it says, there is one faith. This is the faith of God. Everybody the faith that he's talking about is the faith of God. Now, the faith of God causes children of God to have the same faith. So when I continue in the faith of God, when I begin to believe what God believes, I grow in my associ association, in my union with him, okay? Uh, that's what we can see in uh, chapter uh, 4 again in verse 11 that says, And he himself came some to be apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors uh, and teachers. Okay, he says he gave them. He gave them as a gift again. He, because uh, although that's the truth about us, um, from God's point of view, his faith never changes. What he believes never changes. But what we believe begins to be changed. He says, therefore, for you to have a change of belief, you need somebody come to tell you first what God believes. And he says he, he basically is giving this in the form of somebody who is being sent, somebody who brings the good news, somebody who nurtures you and cares for you, somebody who begins to teach you, break down things, and give you bits by bits, pieces by pieces, feeds you with the word of God. And he says all of this. Not that somebody could say, oh, I'm apostle so-and-so, I'm prophet so-and-so, I'm evangelist so-and-so. These are not the titles to take on. These are the, the very nurturing heart of the father who wants the sons to take on upon themselves that the image that he says they are. So that he says, these are all given, verse 12, for the equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? Holy ones. He says, he sees us holy, without reproach, blameless. The ones who can't be uh, possibly accused, who can't possibly be charged, who can't be possibly um, having a word against them. Uh, so that for the equipping of the saints, for the word, of ministry for the edifying, for the building up of the body of Christ. Remember, there is one body. Until, okay, until. So he says all this is for a certain purpose. Let's say you always have a vision and then you have uh, a strategy, uh, steps, an approach to get to that vision. He says God's vision is that moment that he says until but before that this this is the strategy i'm going to be telling them the truth over and over what are the tools i'm going to use i mean i'm just using the language so you can understand i'm going to use uh, prophets evangelists all of that until that moment that, what is that moment what is that goal what is that vision that god has what is that dream that god has is this until we we all, remember, once again, we all, he's the father of all, until we all come to the unity of the faith. My goodness, <laughs> this clearly says what it, what it is, what the faith of God is. Until we all come to the unity of the faith, a place that persuasion of you, that you have in your heart, with persuasion that I have in my heart, with the persuasion that Mr. X and uh, Mr. Y and um, Mrs. This and Mrs. That all have the same persuasion. And what is that persuasion? You can never unite human beings together unless that one persuasion is the one persuasion that is being given to you as a gift. Remember, faith is a gift. Faith is not something you work for. Ephesians chapter 2 uh, verse 6 I believe you were all saved by grace through faith and this is the gift of God not of works 
that somebody would boast. Not even your faith is something that you can boast about. Your faith is the result of God, God's faith. When he believes about you something, it will change everything. Like what I had, what I was believing um, about 11 years ago and before that, sorry, about uh, eight years ago, nine years ago and before that, uh, I believed a false image about myself. And uh, when I was told about Jesus, I mean, to me, he was a prophet. He was somebody like uh, any other prophet. He was like Muhammad or he was like, I don't know, Buddha or anybody else. Um, but when I was told, I began to read, of course, after two years, uh, I began to read what he said. And little by little, I heard some things. I heard what he believes, God believes. I didn't know, I didn't have this terminology back then, but I remember the first time that actually I was, um, I mean, my heart, that hardness was literally tangibly touched uh, through the word of God was when I was reading what Jesus was saying and he said, uh, in the context of the birds, and some of you have heard the story, the birds, uh, of the earth and the uh, lilies of the field, they don't labor again. Uh, how, and how God feeds them and covers them uh, with that beautiful glory. How much more he shall do the same for you, O you of little faith. And he said, how much your father. And when I heard that, it was like, oh my goodness. Like, this is not, he's not saying believe in me. So you, he can be your father. He says he is your father. Now imagine, I, I was coming from a religious background. I was coming from uh, Islam. I was coming from a certain belief. I still believed there is a God. I believed um, there is a deity, a divine being, a creator. That's what every Muslim believes. Almost every religion of the world believes. Um, but how I was seeing him was different. How I perceived this God was different. The image that I had of him in my mind was different. That's why I took upon myself how he would see myself because I was seeing myself separated from him. I saw him holy and I saw myself, myself dirty. I saw him the true just God who can never forgive me for what I have done and I can never know him, all of that. But when I began to hear what actually Jesus was saying, he was representing as the son of God of the father, I was like, I began to believe. I, and eventually I came to book of Romans chapter eight, verse 29, he says, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. That was like it. That was like the moment that I broke in tears and I literally didn't need to say a word with my mouth, didn't need to do something. I was already in my inner being turned fully to, toward this God. That changed me forever. I realized that he's literally the true father that I have. Literally, I don't anymore associate with my earthly father in the sense of who I am. I don't get my identity from him. I don't allow what he says or what he has said to identify who I am. My true name comes from the father in heaven. I am part of this family. I am, I belong to him. And since then, I have been discovering what belongs to me as being part of this, uh, the son of this father. Uh, what is his that is mine? What is this inheritance that he's talking about? What, what is like this life that I can live with him in union? And what does it mean to be loved by the father? Those are the things that I begin to discover. So now he says, basically, I came to the unity of the faith. With who? With you or with my mother and brother or with Christians or those who told me about Jesus? No, <laughs> I came to the unity of the faith with the father. And what is that? He says after that, it's the knowledge of the Son of God, the knowing that Son of God has. Who is the Son of God? First of all, Jesus. What did he know? He knew he's the Son of the Father in the fullness of it. He knew he's basically God incarnated. He knew he's the temple of basically this father he knew that he's the heir of this father he knew that whatever he says shall be accomplished he knew that his word has authority he knew that he's the heir of the world he knew that um basically he can he he has dominion over all things he knew that 
the, the love of the Father is for humanity, not against them. And that was the knowledge of the Son of God. He came to that knowledge and he says, now in the unity of the faith that I have with the Father, I come to know myself as a son of God, to that full knowledge of the son of God. And what is a son of God? He says, it's the perfect man. Okay, not imperfect man, not the man that sees himself broken in pieces. I can't do anything. I'm not able to do anything. I don't have any resources. No, you have the res you have the all resources of heaven in you, Christ in you. The full treasure of wisdom and knowledge is in him. He's the treasury of heaven, but where? Inside of you. That's the resource from which life comes. You have the well inside of you. He is in you. You don't look for, um, we, we have um, a, a famous poet, um, a Persian poet. I don't know how to, how they have translated this part in English, but the context is this, that the, the, the water has been in the jar and I have been living thirsty. Uh, my friend, the one, my beloved, um, is in the house and I have been traveling around the world. What was this man saying, this poet? He got the message. He said, the water, I am the jar. I am the jar in which is the water. And I was supposed to be drinking from this water and I have been living thirsty, not knowing this water has been inside of me. The, the, my beloved is in the house. What is the house? This body. And yet I have externally been looking for him. So he says, basically the context is that perfect man, the man that realizes I'm not broken. I'm not going to look at myself as um, basically um, a grasshopper. I'm not going to be like the children of Israel who perceive themselves uh, as grasshoppers. I'm not going to be underestimating myself like they did. I'm going to be actually seeing myself way high where God sees me. What is that? He says, it's the measure, ready, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. Not a piece of this measure, not, not the partiality or a partial portion of Christ, the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. This is perfect man. And he says, if you come to the unity of the faith, if you come to realize you're being named by the Father, you're called by the Father, your name is written in heaven, that means your origin is not earthly. When you realize that, when you realize you could never possibly be on earth unless you first were in heaven, when you, when you realize that uh, the, the flesh is, was not supposed to be a point of weakness, the flesh was supposed to be a place of uh, for God to manifest himself, a place that the waters can flow, the rivers can flow, uh, the glory can be manifested, Christ in you being revealed. So every, every part of the earth could be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God. This is what it means to be uh, basically having the faith of God. That changes everything. And when you have this, he says, whatever you say, if you do not doubt, if you don't have again that second knowledge that comes from the knowledge of good and evil, if you don't have second guess, if you don't say, um, what about this? If you don't do this, if you fix yourself on the vision that is God's vision, if you dream God's dream. If you see what he sees, every obstacle on the way would become the place that you enforce the force that is inside of you on that obstacle. You would never flee. You would put to flight. I, I heard this um, quote, which was, I'm paraphrasing, but it was amazing. And he said, uh, when you find an obstacle on the way, that realize that that obstacle is the way. Don't try to escape it. Go through it. 
because you know the way there's nothing wrong with the way you know the vision you know the goal and you know how to get there you have to be in this way what is the this way the way that jesus has opened for me what is that what he believes okay on the way there is a doubt don't turn away don't uh turn around don't um basically uh, get into another track realize that this temptation comes to all brethren in the world they are all being fed by other knowledge constantly so just just realize it came to jesus also that uh, knowledge that again the serpent uh, mindset came but what did he do he persevered so when this is the first thing that you need to uh, you need to write this on a paper and put it in your wall and see it every day um, until it's drilled in your brain and in your heart because you will have the chance to forget this and when you forget this you will do what you think you must do while what you're doing is actually the performance that the knowledge of good and evil is forcing on you and this is what you must right and you must have i will only believe what god believes okay if you have that and let's say five days from now you come to a moment that uh there are other things that suggest even bible verses that suggest otherwise you must go back to that and that must be your point of contact to remember what you have heard to remember what it's like the moment that Adam and Eve are in the garden, they have already been told about the tree of life, but all of a sudden the tree of knowledge of good and evil comes. So he, he had already told, they could have persevered and not eaten from that tree. That's what Jesus did. So do this and stay on this track because that's the only thing that changes us. Remember, you must be compelled like Paul was compelled. I must be compelled like Paul was compelled. What is that? By the love of Christ. He was compelled by the love of Christ. What does that mean? His point of, um, his, his measure by which he would measure things, is what, it wasn't anymore the physical appearance or how people have been or what they have done or where they have been. His measure was where he has been. Where has he been? On the cross. What does that mean? If he died, if one died, in God's reasoning, in God's logic, all humanity that was born fleshly of Adam is dead. He will never ever again uh, judge anyone according to what they have done. In fact, he has never done this. I mean, but I don't have time to prove this. But the way he sees people is according to what he himself has been seeing from the beginning and when you begin to see this this will change your life so if you haven't watched our uh, previous videos i definitely encourage you to go uh, back in this series uh, we have had already eight uh, episodes about faith look at them watch them every one of them um, is one step toward understanding this whole concept if you if we approach this from different angle you will eventually get this i will eventually get this and we will live by this again if you like the video if you like uh, today's message uh, like and also share it so others can um, get to know the truth of their salvation until next week uh, the grace of god be with you thank you for listening to this podcast by rose and masood ramandi we hope you stay connected by subscribing to our podcast to receive latest teachings to keep you growing in the knowledge of God. If you would like to support our ministry to continue spreading the fragrance of his knowledge, please visit our website at perfectedbyblood.com forward slash donation. For more teachings, please visit our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash perfectedbyblood. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter yet, go to perfectedbyblood.com forward slash sign up and sign up. You'll get a free ebook called Unveiled Word, a simple guide to understand the Bible. 
You'll also be notified about new articles, about our ministry updates, and our upcoming brand new online courses. And if you're ready to take your life into a whole new level, to go deeper and go bigger in God, make sure you grab my book, The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. When you order your copy, you're really supporting our ministry and the message we carry. And you'll also be getting a book that it will reveal to you how you can stop trying to fulfill God's supernatural plan for your life through natural means. Instead, you can receive the power of His mercy through deeper understanding of God's compassionate heart. This book helps you to change your mind, believe in God's goodness, receive His involvement in your day-to-day life, and finally, lift up the burdens off of your shoulders. It's called The Flood of Mercy, Supernatural Help in Your Greatest Time of Need. It's available on Amazon right now. Thanks for tuning in.